Welcome to Mumbition, the podcast for business-owning women by Mums & Co, where we share inspiring stories of Australian mums in business. I'm Kerry Kwan, the co-founder of Mums & Co, and I will be joined each week by our community manager, Lucy Kippist. Together, we'll discuss how our guests harmonise their ambition, livelihood, and well-being. Let's get into the inspiring stories now. In the spirit of reconciliation, Mums & Co acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to Elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Is there any better feeling than getting your hands on a book that you just can't put down? The sort of book where no matter what else is going on, you're just firing through the pages. Well, I've had that exact experience recently reading today's guest, Rebecca Campbell's book, 138 Dates, follows the story of Rebecca, an ambitious entrepreneur's quest for a partner and a family before she reached the age of 40. And not only is it a searingly honest and vulnerable account of what it's like to date in the current age, and we might get to ghosting later, it also documents Rebecca's extraordinary success as an entrepreneurial woman. Rebecca Campbell is an author a business owner, wife and mother, you may have ordered a coffee from her first company, Hey You, and completed training by her second, Zambezi, which offers business training by high growth companies and leaders. Spoiler alert, thanks to a very successful 138th date, Rebecca is married with two children. Rebecca personifies what we talk about in harmonizing ambition, livelihood and well-being, creatively looking for ways to make each aspect of our lives that little bit easier more integrated and towards achieving our dreams. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to Mumbition. Thank you. I'm totally cringing as I'm hearing that introduction because I don't feel like that that person. But anyway, thank you very much for your generous introduction. Now, look, I, I know, and that is the premise, isn't it? I think sometimes we are something else to everyone. Uh, and, and your book reveals a very different side of and a combining of those two Uh, a few aspects of your life. So before we dive into that, our first question is always um, to business owning women, what, what, you know, what do you do? We think that women should embrace every opportunity they have to make introductions and to connect. So please, can you tell us a little about yourself? Myself? I mean, well, so I started as an entrepreneur and I started a business initially as a band manager after leaving university. Um, I found found a few bands called Evermore and um, Matt Corby and a bunch of others. Then I hit 30 and thought I need to kind of, I can't go to gigs for the rest of my life. I should get into this tech thing. So I started an app, which was originally around recommending cafes and restaurants. That became Hey You, which is the coffee app. And then I decided to write a book. I always wrote a blog and then that blog became a column. And so I started working on a business book with a publisher kind of around the column and at that time I had a young baby and a fairly new partner and I was just so incredibly happy with just 
particularly being a mum and a partner that I really wanted to, that was the story that I wanted to share. I wasn't feeling massively inspired by the business book. I thought there's a lot of business books already out there. So I thought maybe if I could tell the story of finding love that, you know, and everything that I learned through that process, that, you know, that would be more helpful to people and potentially a more fun story to read as well. So, so I started writing that book. So at the moment I am, not an entrepreneur, I'm an author, I guess, promoting that book and thinking about what I'm going to do next. Um, You know, such an exciting journey so far. (laughs) Now, what would you say that you, um, what would you love most about the work that you're doing now as an author? Sure. Well, I love, I mean, at the moment, I'm not like in the best space to answer that question because I'm, I'm kind of promoting the book and juggling, consulting and doing a bunch of business things and thinking about another book. So this is like the space that I don't love being in, but the space of writing the book, I really loved because I felt like I could be focused on one thing, which is something that I'm just not great at. But when I get the chance to do it, that's when I really feel like I'm in flow and, you know, I I feel like I achieved my best work. I did feel like this great sense of achievement at the end of every day of writing that book. Like, you know, I'd done a thousand words and I'd be like, and there's something there that I've done that I feel proud of. And I also loved that I was at home a lot more. Um, I was doing something that I thought I was quite good at as opposed to lots of other things that I was doing in my businesses, which involved a lot of things that I didn't feel like I was that good at. So it was like finding that thing I felt like I was good at, I could focus on and being at home for my kids and being able to pick them up. Um, you know, one of them's just started school, but they were both at preschool when I was writing the book. So just picking them up at three o'clock and taking them to the park and, um, you know, that kind of thing was just amazing. So I'm really, you know, hoping to get back into that space later this year. Oh, that's amazing. And working on your own yeah. terms, that does have a a, a really healthy attraction yeah, to it. Yeah. Um, and on one, I like, I really like working on one thing that, uh, as opposed to like trying to juggle so many things. That's a, um, that's actually a great segue to the next question I had for you, Rebecca, because it's so interesting to hear you say about the struggle with being able to focus on one thing, particularly given, you know, your background. And so much has happened since, you know, to tie it back into the book, you've met your date number 138 and you've obviously created a family, you founded a second startup, you've written a book and now you're planning the next one. Um, This is what we call mumbition in action and it's incredibly impressive. But I'm just wondering what is it that you've had to stop doing as well as obviously dropping things to focus on one task to make all of these things work for you sure well like I said I'm very bad at stopping so I my natural state is to be doing a bunch of different things and kind of not particularly well I don't think at any of them but I felt pretty lucky you know COVID has been an awful thing for the world and for lots of people but you know in my experience of it I had to kind of shut down my business which was face-to-face training and consulting and I was at home, and so I had wanted to write this book, and I'd been trying to write it, you know, in the background, getting up at 4.30 in the morning, maybe getting an hour in here or there. But, you know, it gave me the opportunity as soon as the first lockdown was called where I was at home, and I did a deal with my partner, whereas I got to work for five hours in the morning between 7 and 12, and he would work from 12 till for the rest of the day. So I had these five hours where I was able to write on this, write my book, and that just enabled me to kind of stop so I feel like I'm always trying to get back to that place of 
focusing on one thing. But for me, it was the COVID lockdown that kind of enabled it all to happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting what, you know, obviously there's so many downsides to COVID, but that is certainly one of the upsides. And I was hearing someone say the other day that it's teaching us to be better at all the things that we do because we've actually had to focus. So, you know, you've got to have raise, raise a sharp focus on so many aspects of life to, in order to get any of it done at the moment. And I think also just on the COVID thing, I think I also was just to go slower. I realized that even the afternoons that I had with my kids, I felt like I should be productive all the time. And, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like an addiction. I felt like in my brain, I felt like I should be on my phone. I should be sending these emails out or something, but I couldn't because I had this, you know, at that stage, it was like a one and a three-year-old running around (laughs) and just be with them. And, um, and so it was really hard at the beginning to have that many hours where I wasn't able to be productive. But then after a while, my brain felt like it was slowing down and I just started to really enjoy it. And yeah, I think it is an addiction, which, um, which I certainly can thank COVID for helping me to break. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It is an addiction. And do you think in being able to slow down in those ways, like around your kids, I've actually started, I've got two little boys and I started playing Lego with them in the afternoons, which does the same thing for me. But I was just wondering, do you find in that slowing down that when you are now sitting down to write, that your focus is better? Yes, I do. And I feel just generally my mental health is better. It's funny at the time when you slow and you're you know, playing Lego and doing those kind of things, I find it quite frustrating or I did find it quite frustrating. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, I'd look back on my day and they would be the moments of joy that I'd remember and go, oh, I'm so glad that I did that. I, you know, so, 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 so like I felt like my brain at the end of the day was kind of well ahead of where the actual present brain was. But after a while it changed, seemed to change and it did make a difference when I was sitting down to do other things that, yeah, everything was just slower and more focused and, um, yeah, it didn't feel like I should be checking Facebook or the news sites. And at the same time as trying to write, I would just be able to be a bit slower in my head and focus on one thing. Yeah. Wonderful. Such a good gift. So, um, you know, in the book you documented this, aside from a wonderful love story and dating trajectory about, you know, creating your first startup and getting that up. I wondered what you have found to be the best transferable skills from, you know, that startup entrepreneurial mindset to motherhood. Um, Sure. When I do think that, it's a good question. I've thought about this a bit, actually. It's probably two things. One is this, when you're running your own business or you're the kind of leader of the business, there's this sense of being a kind of backstop for everything. So you are ultimately responsible for everything. And I think that creates this ability to juggle, just kind of opposite to what we were just talking about, but this ability to kind of know all of the potential risks and the things that are coming up and that you're going to have to think about. And I do think that I feel like that same skill I'm using all the time with the kids, particularly now I've got one who's just out of school and one who's in preschool, but like, you know, who's picking them up when and what are we having for dinner? And like, you know, we want to do this on Friday and who's organized, like all that stuff is really the same kind of skills of whereas you know my husband Rod is probably not he's very organized but he doesn't he's not the backstop like I'm the backstop I think that um, (laughs) I will ultimately be the person that's responsible and I think that is you know a a role that you know I don't know I just 
I'd naturally kind of take on. Um, I think I've learned things that I'm not good at. And I think things that I knew I was not good at in business or suspected I was not good at have been made very obvious by having children. Like, um, like I'm, I recognize that I was a people, I kind of thought maybe I was a people pleaser and not great at negotiation, but now I have children. I can totally see that. I am a people pleaser. <laughs> I hate saying no to them. They can always talk me around and, and that makes me like, then they're, therefore they're really naughty because they know that mum's going to give in. So I'm like, oh, I wish I was just better at being more. <laughs> so I, I totally have thought that that is related to, you know, business skills that I probably was lacking that have been made very much obvious for my children. Anyway. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for sharing. It, it's almost like they can sense mum kindness, <laughs> a.k.a. weakness. Yes. <laughs> Or could we could we look at it this way that we've taught them excellent negotiation skills? <laughs> yes, yes. They think there's always a way, which is probably a good thing to have, you know, in life. But it's not easy to manage. <laughs> I I think we've always, you know, when you said um, how you were able to spot problems or you're able to anticipate and then you know, have a, a solution yes. mindset, you know, safety is always front of mind I th- as a, as a, as a mom, you never stop having that radar of where, yes. where are the dangers uh, and how can I prevent them or fix, fix them, you know, be that com- comfort source. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting parallel to running a business too. So in entrepreneurship and in publishing, I'm sure there's some strategies that you use to protect yourself from risk. Do any of those come to mind for you? Protect myself from risk. I think I have become better at um, limiting risk. I probably took too many risks early on in my career. I, I um, you know, had an idea, particularly in tech, and I raised a reasonably large amount of money at the beginning and made lots of mistakes. I definitely learned a lot through that. And then my next company became more risk adverse. And I think also becoming a mum, that did change my risk appetite in business in terms of like, I didn't want to put myself in the position of being responsible for heaps of other people's money again. I wanted to kind of build something that I knew was going to work from the beginning. So I was a lot more, um, I built something and then tested it and then got real customers and really ensured that the foundations of my business were working before trying to expand it in any way. And I think that is just, I think it's probably just growing up and also, taking on more responsibility as a parent and as a provider and that, you know, you can't have this necessarily the same level of risk as when you're, when you're younger and then learning as well. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I think a very normal and a right um, approach to it because you do have um, responsibilities to your family and other people, you know, in, in a very real way. So yeah. uh, your approach is going to change. I think it's, it's this life-changing yeah. event. Hey, one other thing I think on risk is like I also recognise and I love the business that I created in Hey You and I also felt as I got to the towards the end of my time there that, you know, although I'd spent like seven years building and I was super proud of it, it wasn't my life's work. And so I think... I thought because I had a young baby at that time when I was thinking about leaving the business. So the risk I thought going into my next business, whatever I do next has to be something that I really am passionate about. And it's like from my heart and it's something that I, I know I'll be able to stick at. So that's another, that's another risk that you might not think about, you know, I guess in terms of 
starting a business, you can think of an idea that can get customers and you could make some money out of doing, but a business is going to take, like takes over your life. And I recognize that through doing one business that whatever I did next had to be something I was willing to give my life to that. Yeah. It was the right thing. Thanks for sharing that perspective. It's yeah, really important one for other, you know, for, for our, our many business owning mums. Now, you know, we certainly wouldn't exist. Mums and co wouldn't exist without the support of our co uh, this is our partners, our friends, our family, our clients. Could you tell us about your co and how they support you? And has this network actually changed since you've become a mum? Yes, I think. So I mean, when I wasn't a mum, when I didn't, so there was a very short period of time where I had a partner and wasn't a mum So <laughs> because we, um, we became pregnant six months after we met. But um, the, so I had probably deeper friendships before I became a mum and it's just girlfriends that I would spend a lot more time with and then you know when you have when you find a partner and you have children you have a lot less time for those friendships I think now I have more like a greater number of friendships mainly as a result of the community that you get through preschool and school but they're probably not as deep friendships because whenever you're with them you've got kids running around and it's just I found that it's I've actually felt recently like a much kind of like a need, a real need for those kind of deeper conversations with women that I just don't have as much anymore since I've had children and I don't have a solution for it yet other than it's something that I'm committed to working on. Um, so that's just, I guess that's how it's changed. Um, in terms of how it's supported me, I built like this great network of people that have supported me in my career. Like there's a, a handful of mentors, kind of two in particular, that have supported me through my entire career and continue to support me through the book and whatever it is that I'm going to do next. So definitely, and I call on those people for advice. Um, sometimes they've invested money. In terms of friendships, there's become more friendships that haven't been as deep. Um, and in terms of business relationships, there was probably a greater number of business relationships earlier on in my career now I've really narrowed it down to a much smaller number of deep relationships that I've had for a very long time that I feel like I could call on for anything. I, I love what you just said then Rebecca about uh, in becoming a mum you've found this need for like deeper yeah. conversations with women and certainly I totally understand that from the perspective of having the age children that you have as well because that's a really difficult yeah. age to have any kind of actually finish a conversation for one when you're in yeah. the company about the women I think that's a really wonderful thing to highlight there that that is a real need we making introductions to other women is you know hugely innate part of what mums and co does from a business perspective and also from a motherhood perspective if there was anything that you could ask for right now in terms of your business or perhaps your life that we could help within our community what do you oh, think that would be in terms of business I mean really I guess it's I'm I'm very passionate about the book I mean I would love people to check out the book and if they like it to tell their friends about it because it it um I mean it's a story that just means so much to me I've invested a massive amount in writing it but it's just I mean I feel like it's my con kind of like contribution I could make to the world so I would love people to talk about to share the book um I don't know, I really need a holiday right now. That's probably what I need more than anything. It's just, it's been a big year finishing and getting the book out and now trying to juggle a bunch of things again. So I'm just at a point where I'm trying to think about resetting, having a break, moving on to the next book um, and starting to turning, getting back to focusing again. So good. 
Um, and I can put my hand up and say very proudly that I have read your book and I absolutely loved it. And as someone who is dating in the dating world, uh, it resonated so much. And I really do think you have done the world a favour with it because the way you write is so generous. You're giving us a really intimate portrait of you and your life and what it is really like to date. Thank you. So that's the story you're weaving through your book and certainly in parts of, you know, your Instagram feed, you're showing lovely photos of your beautiful family. But what's one thing about you, um, Rebecca, that we don't know about yet you'd be willing to share with us? Um, I feel like I'm a super open book. I mean, you got the book. <laughs> um, I guess like, I mean, the one thing would be that, you know, going back to the introduction at the beginning, this is the kind of point that I want to make because I always read other women's bios or I go to conferences where they're speaking and I like, Oh my goodness, she's so, she's done all these things. And, um, and you just think I could never be like that or she must have it all together. And it makes me feel worse about myself. Whereas it's just that it's not like that at all. I feel totally untogether almost all of the time <laughs> and I'm still working everything out. I mean, at the moment, yeah, I'm feeling very unfocused and trying to think about how to reset um, and trying to figure out how to focus again. And I, don't, the, the, I guess the thing is just that that I would want people to know that they might not know is that the actual reality is nothing like the bio for me. And I don't think it is for anyone. I think that we're all the same and we all struggle. And, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. It's such an important message. Um, it doesn't I, – I really don't feel like it undermines how capable you are. There's just – there's there's just layers, and there are times um, we will we will we will show up and do whatever needs doing, um, but then it's you know there are there are other parts to ourselves. So yeah, great message, and and thank you for sharing that. If you had to pick a shape, we we actually have this. If you can visualize perhaps even a triangle for us, how would you describe harmonizing your ambition, your livelihood, and your well being in a shape? I mean, I feel like I'm always striving forward. Like, um, I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm, and this is something again that I'm trying to stop doing uh, to some extent. Like, I'm always kind of striving to the next thing, and I think to some extent that can be helpful, and that it pushes you to kind of. I mean, it's like a, I'm almost, almost like a scramble. Like you, I'm constantly feeling like I'm not going to um to get there, and therefore I work really, really hard to get there. But at the same time, not enjoy the process as much. So I think um the the metaphor would be kind of like a person trying to strive forward, but then I'm trying to kind of pull myself back and just like enjoy each moment and slow down and focus. I, I'm visualizing like a debater type. I'm sorry, shape. I can't give you a, a slave. I see this kind of like statue type person. Like, a, I'm sorry. Oh, no apologies needed. Um, that shape is your shape, and and I'm very happy for you to own it. Um, so, in the spirit of women supporting women, uh, who are some of the ambitious that you would like to to say hello to? Sure. Um, so, I had one idea. So, um, there's a I've just um, you know, run some events for the city of Sydney, and there's one woman who I met who has a lovely business that I wanted to call out called Laura Brading. Her business is called Well Read, and it's a subscription business for um for books so they kind of she used to work in publishing and she chooses with some curators creates like a subscription 
books where you get sent books every month to read and they read it as this giant book club. It's called wellread.com.au um, and I think it's a really cool little business. And she's a great great entrepreneur and a mum. Definitely going to be checking that one out. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and sharing everything that you have. And thank you for your company. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And if you'd like to follow Rebecca, you can find her on Instagram at Rebecca Campbell Writer. If you haven't already, please come and join our Mumbitious supportive movement of thousands of Australian business owning women just like you at mumsandco.com.au. was your favourite chapter in the book to write? So my favourite chapter of the book would be the chapter where I met Rod, who is now my partner and the father of my children. Um, And it's my favourite chapter because it's the moment in the book where everything comes together. So there's, there's a whole lot of, you know, and I chose to write this book in this kind of unreliable narrator style. So you kind of see real thoughts as I had them at the time, which were very flawed. And there's a a huge amount of personal growth that happens throughout the book. So, you know, early on, I'm second guessing what men want on these dates and trying to change myself. And then, um, you know, there's lots of like note taking and learnings. And then when I finally do meet the man who become my husband is, it all comes together and I am at a kind of in a point where I can just be myself and he's himself and we have this very lovely authentic conversation and it's obvious straight away that this is the one so it was a really happy moment I cried many times as I was writing that chapter and it's still my favorite chapter in the book oh thank you it is such a beautiful chapter it is so beautiful I love everything about your book and I really can't wait to read your next one. Oh, thank you so much We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mumbition by Mums & Co. Head over to the show notes for a full transcript of the interview and any links we have referred to. Mums & Co. is Australia's most caring business network for women. Join us today for just $30 at mumsandco.com.au. This podcast was produced and edited by Morgan Sebastian Brown of Brown Tree Productions and hosted by Kerry Kwan, co-founder of Mums & Co., and community manager Lucy Kippis. We love hearing your feedback, so if you haven't already, please share, rate and review this podcast and we can reach more business-owning mothers just like you.